So, Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim is uh, a fascinatingly practical Parsha because in last week's Torah portion is when we have the story of the Jews going to Mount Sinai and getting the Torah. But this week's Parsha talks the first big group of laws that God decides is important for us to know about are the laws about how we interact with other people, which I think is, is a very profound statement. When God has so many things to talk about, he has kosher, and he has Shabbos, and he has sacrifices and prayer, and the first things is countless laws on how to deal and treat other people uh, properly. So that's really uh, a really uh good lesson for us to know that a lot of times, you know, person can think, you know, Judaism, it's about spirituality, it's about, you know, being holy, and that may one not necessarily think that that includes how to deal with other people, but the first thing that Hashem decides that we should hear about is all these ideas about how to deal with other people, famous line in Perkeyavos, Derech Eretz Kodma Torah, the how to, how to, treat other people properly um, comes really as a, the, first, the first step. So let's look at some of these laws. And when you see the way, this is basically what you'd call in, in America, this is torts, right? I took a few business law courses. So this is, this is, this is Jewish business law. Um, and there's Jewish courts. The same way there's courts in, the, in, the, in America, there's a concept of a Jewish court. And God actually wrote the book. And tells us what's appropriate. And many of the laws in America, I'm not going to say the ones that uh, we don't like, but certainly the laws that all seem to make sense um, and work, they all, a lot of it's based on the Torah. So let's start with um, the, the very beginning. Torah starts off, these are the laws that you should place before them. I've given many classes. I've been asked to share information. Rarely is the information said, would you go and place this information in front of them? And Rashi notices this. And Rashi says that Hashem said to Moshe the following, do not think that, oh, I'll teach them once or twice or even three times. And and, and they're going to know it. And I'm not going to be interested in troubling myself to, uh, to explain them things well, but rather says Hashem, no. You have to place the, the Torah in front of them like a set table, like a Shulchan Aruch. That's actually why the, the main book of Jewish law is called a Shulchan Aruch, a set table. A set table means you just show up and you eat. So that is how Torah is supposed to be. And often a person may say, hey, I don't know Torah. Well, the job of a teacher, the job of anyone who teaches Torah, and this is, thank God, we have so many books today, but still the job is someone to make it easy for the person to study, not that it has to be easy to study. And so there's a famous rabbi. His name is Rabbi Shrol Yaakov Lubchansky. And he, I think he lived about 100 years ago or so, and he did not have children of his own. 
and he was a big rabbi. He was one time teaching someone, and it was getting very frustrating. He couldn't get through. He would explain it again and again. And, you know, he thought for a second. He said, you know, if this was my actual child, I, he's, I don't have my own children. If this was my own child, would I continue to explain it? He's like, I hope I would. And then he goes and he continues to explain it. And Rabbi Sherlock Yaakov Luchansky says, we see three things from the beginning of this Parsha about how a person is supposed to go about when they want to share information with other people. Because, yes, there's formal teachers, but everyone's a teacher. We all have information that someone else doesn't have, and we're actually obligated to share that information. So Rabbi Sherlock Yaakov Luchansky points out that there's three things that I may may uh, get in my way of wanting to do what it takes to give over that information. The first one is I simply just may not have enough patience. I just may, I just ran out of patience. The second one would be, you know what? I have patience. I could do this, but I got other things to do. More important things to do. And the third thing is that you may not want to share your information because you're nervous if you're going to lose an edge. You know, you, I don't want to tell you all my tricks because, you know, you're going to know my tricks. And that is what Hashem hit on the, on the nose, these three points with Moshe. And on the contrary, a person, it's not easy. Person, patience, yes. There are people who are, let's say, more naturally inclined towards being patient. But at the same time, a person can work on being patient. No question about it. I think many people start out as teachers or parents or friends or coworkers. And if you put in the work, often uh, you see that, wow, you know, I'm a lot more patient than I used to be. The other thing is that it's just not true that... Um, if someone says they have something else more important to do, well, that's not that's not what we're told. In rabbi school, you know, everyone knows there's nothing greater than studying Torah, but in every good yeshiva, the head of the yeshiva will tell you, make sure that you you teach other people, teach the weaker students. Rabbi Gibber, every year, actually, he, uh, many times I've heard him say from his Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Ruderman, he says, you know, you want to be successful, make sure... You don't only make sure that you know the studies. Make sure you help other people, and you never lose out. You never lose out because somehow Hashem, Hashem makes it that you 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 don't lose. Okay, so let's jump into some of these uh, laws. Uh, really, um, all things we can learn from. So, in chapter twenty-one, verse thirty-three, and most a lot of these are self-evident laws, but. The Torah says, but the Torah takes the time to write them. It says, a person digs a hole. Now, a lot of this would seem to be common sense, but as we know, common sense is not so common. So, it says, the person digs a hole. or uh, And it doesn't cover up the hole. And someone falls in the hole, says the Torah you are obligated to pay. You're obligated to, to, to pay for what happened. And this is actually a very far-reaching concept. You know, because there's physical holes, and that essentially means you are responsible for what you do. 
if I cause any damage and I do something that ends up hurting someone else, well, that's my responsibility to, to make sure that you don't follow my hole. And uh, we all create holes. We create emotional holes, financial holes, uh, and we got to take responsibility for ourselves. And in fact, the Torah, or a famous rabbi said that as wonderful as America is, it's not based on the Torah. Because the Torah is based on responsibilities. America is based on rights. And that's a wonderful concept. And there are a lot of wonderful things that we've gained. And we have to appreciate what we've gained from the United States. But the, unfortunately, what happens today is people take the rights part and forget about the responsibilities. The Torah, and that's why the way the Torah says, you know what? A society will be successful if everyone focuses on their responsibilities, that everyone's going to get their rights. You don't have to worry about, and look around. If you, don't, you can sit there and you can advocate and you can fight for your rights, but if other people aren't doing their responsibilities, you're not going to get your rights. So the Torah suggests, you know what? You focus on you being responsible. And then if everyone does that, that's how marriages work. That's how parent-child relationships work. That's how communities work. Everyone does their responsibility. And this goes very far. And the Torah talks about, I'm responsible for what my animal does. I'm responsible for what my property does. A person, there are certain animals and a certain situation that a person simply can't own because if you own them, you won't be able to take responsibility for it. And you can't say, oh, what do you want from me? Well, the Torah wants you to only put yourself in situations. For example, it says a person can't have a pet tiger. You can't have a pet bear. Basically, you can't own something that you won't be able to take responsibility for. And that has far-reaching things. It's not just for people owning tigers and bears, but it's for situations. You know, someone asks you to do something, you're like, oh, I'll take care of it. Well, if you can't really take care of it, then, then you it's your responsibility. Okay. So, chapter 22, verse 13. This is so, I think, not well known. But it's right there in the Torah. This isn't even oral law. This is just straight in the Torah. You read through the Torah this week. You learn tons of things about basic human responsibility. It says, talks here about a person lending something to someone else. I have a cow. You need a cow. I'll lend you a cow. The Chavetz Chaim says, we see from this week's Parsha, there's actually a mitzvah. There is an obligation. There's a responsibility. If I have something and you could need it, I actually have a mitzvah to lend it to you. Now, obviously, you're not obligated to lend someone something to someone if, the, if you know it's going to get messed up or you know they're going to lose it, they're irresponsible. We're talking about a space, normal situation with normal adults. Someone asks you, can I please borrow X, Y, Z? You're not actually, you're not allowed to say no. 
you're obviously you're allowed to say no if there's reasons, but just just because I don't like lending things out, I don't do that. I'm not interested. No, you can't do that. Now it could be you, a person could have legitimate concerns, and that could be reason to not do it. You know, I, I hang around a lot of college students, and a lot of them don't have cars, and a lot of them want to borrow my car, and most of the time I say no because I think that's legitimate. But if my friend who's been driving just as long as I've driven for, who's a responsible driver, asked to borrow my car, you know, if I really can't, I can, but really I, I need to, unless I have a, you know, a very legitimate reason. Not that again, I'm not saying there's not legitimate reasons, but the concept of that, that the baseline is I will lend it to you. And this, this is something which I think, thank God as a community, we are incredible about. We all know the concept, we may not all know, in, in, in Jewish communities around the globe, there's something called a gemach. Now, gemach stands for gemilas chesed, giving kindness. But when people say a gemach, in most large traditional communities, if you need something, they're most actually, there's like, like lists of, oh, someone per, someone keeps a stash of extra chairs. And they have, so they call it a chair gamach. And someone has a table gamach. And someone has a pillow gamach. And every kind of thing you can, and people will get very creative and it becomes a very nice thing. You know, there's obviously money gamachs, but really, um, and this is a very special thing that, that you see in uh, that Judaism uh, professes that, you know, if you can help someone out, you got to. And, you, and, you, and, and there's a mitzvah to be creative. The Adaras, famous rabbi that lived that long ago, when he used to travel in groups, he had a whole travel gamach. Things that he knew when people were traveling, they often would forget. A bar of soap, Q-tips, whatever it might be. And he would, he would see on trips, if people forgot things, he would be there and either give it to them or lend it out. So this is a basic, basic human idea, which I think is perhaps uh, becoming old hat because we're so nervous and focused about, about taking care of ourselves. But, you know, when I was in yeshiva, there was the pen gemach. There was the paper gemach. There was a coat gemach. And those many shuls have, have raincoat gemachs. If people go to shul and they didn't know it was going to rain. And it, it just, it's just a beautiful concept. And, and, and you don't have to be rich to do it. Just, um, okay. Now, just going through basic ideas here, it talks in the Torah that a person has a special obligation to have mercy and be kind to people who are converts, to people who are widows and orphans, people who are, who are you know, more vulnerable. And, and, and this is obvious. But again, Hashem speaks out what might not be obvious to everybody and, and um, holds us to that bar. Then the Torah talks about lending money, actually lending my money. The hardest thing a lot of people have to part with. But, you know, if you are somewhere and someone says, can I please borrow a dollar? Now, okay, sometimes you can't afford to lose the dollar. The person may give it back. But baseline idea is you can't really say no. You really can't say no. You have a mitzvah to do it. Again, I don't want to say the disclaimer too many times. But Yes, not, as it wasn't working in every situation, but it's not, it's, if you're just not interested, because that's I don't do that, that's not a legitimate uh, reason. 
and and a person has to lend money, and um, uh, it's a beautiful thing because this actually is the way the Jewish community works. People, it's a beautiful, it's such a foreign concept. I and mean, I've dealt with a lot of things and communities, and I've dealt with people who aren't used to this idea. And I'll say, you know what, you know, maybe someone can the, the, someone can borrow the money, and, and they won't realize that there's a concept of, of borrowing without interest. Like that's such a foreign idea, but but in our circles, in traditional Jewish circles, it's a it's it's understood. If people have extra money and you need the money, they'll be happy to lend it to you interest free. And so the the rabbis talk about why why is it interest free? Why if a Jew calls me from the other side of the world and says, Naftali Karp, can you spare a thousand dollars for six months? So I could look at my bank account. Can I spare $1,000 six months? And if I can, I cannot charge him interest. Why not? I'm taking the $1,000 out of my savings account that I was making money on, and I have to give it to you without charging. So I saw a great explanation. I forgot who said it. Maybe the Meshachachma. That... It's to instill in us the idea that every Jew is your brother and sister. And if your brother would call you up and say, I need a thousand bucks, can you lend it to me? You don't start crunching numbers and say, sure, it'll be 10%. For your brother, hopefully, you're going to say, sure. And that's the mentality that God wants us to have about other people. We're all family. Yes, we may not be blood as closely blood related, and but on the same time, if I do lend you money and I know that you can't pay back, now obviously maybe it could be I didn't have to lend it to you in the first place. We're not saying you're obligated to lose money, but if I lend you money and somehow things come up and you don't have the money, I'm actually not allowed to pressure you. Collecting agencies is not allowed. You're not allowed to. You can ask. You can try to work something out. Maybe a compromise. But you're not. As a mitzvah in the Torah, you're not allowed to pressure someone else. And you really have to look at it as the way how you will want to be treated. If I someone bought or borrowed a thousand bucks and they thought they'd be able to pay it back, and then something happened and they just can't, you wouldn't want the person to drive you crazy. Now, at the same time, if I can't pay, I have an obligation to not ignore you. I have an obligation to reach out to you and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I thought I was going to pay it back, but, you know, is it possible you can hold off? And, you know, if the person can't, then sometimes what happens is you can be honest and borrow money from someone else. You know, it's not a you don't want to get into a bad, bad circle, but but that's the way it's supposed to be. Another famous idea, so many famous ideas are in this week's Parsha. It's one of the most fruitful Parshas with, with these kind of mitzvahs. It says at the beginning of chapter 23, we have the source for not list. Now, what's famous is I can't say Lashnara. What's Lashnara? I can't talk badly about you. You can't talk badly about me. But maybe is not as famous or or maybe it's not as focused on, is the mitzvah in this week's Parsha of I'm not allowed even to listen. 
If you are gossiping and I'm there, I can't even listen. I certainly can't even believe it. And um, and uh, that's not an easy thing. But that's what Hashem expects. And once I, I remember there was a, um, I don't remember, but there was a good story. can't remember the story. Another famous mitzvah, and this is again blows people's minds. The mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda. If you find it's not finders, keepers, losers, weepers. And it's there's so many stories today when people found something and they returned it, and people could not believe that someone would find cash and return it. And and that's what the Torah expects. There's there's this many, many details and nuances. Again, Judaism is a practical so sometimes you may say, one second, am I really obligated to drive myself insane to return something? And, and usually if you if you look at the, look and learn the laws, you'll see that it, there's, a, there, there, there's a rhyme and reason and you can figure things out, but it, it is a responsibility. You can't just say, oh, I'm not interested. Um, I just had this, and a, and a lot of times you'd be surprised what kind of amazing things could happen when you do it. It's not why you do it. But uh, just last week, um, there was someone here on business. They came to Domina at the shul, at the kolel here. And I noticed that the, after davening, they, they left a bag with a, with a book of the chumash. And I opened it up, and it had the person's cell phone. And I called them up, and they said, oh, my gosh, you know, I forgot my chumash. I live in Muncie. The next time you hear someone going to Muncie, can you please send it to them? And in our conversation, it came out that this person is involved with a very, very big business. And uh, we had gotten to talking. And uh, now he, uh, you know, he's thinking very kindly towards what I do. And it all happened because I picked up the book. I called him. And I had a friend going to Muncie. And I sent the book. It was easy as that. Not, so it's not the reason why we do things. But... Um, now this person is, you know, very, and even today, just today, um, there was someone again doing business in Rhode Island. I, I try my best to actually be sincerely friendly to everybody. And uh, I had exchanged numbers with this person who had a lot of business here. And he actually called my house tonight. I was like, oh my gosh, big millionaire calls my house. And he, he uh, said, you know, I left my luggage at the show. And he and I so he's sick. He do me a favor, and now I have sitting in front of my desk. I have his Nike bag full of his luggage, so I have a millionaire's um, luggage in my office. Now this guy obviously now is gonna he's gonna think nicely about me, um, and you know, there's a good chance he'll uh, he'll uh, make a big donation to my organization, and that's just from keeping the Torah. Simple thing, returning lost people's objects again. It's not why you do mitzvahs, but Hashem takes care. You're not going to lose. If you do the mitzvahs, Hashem, I've seen this, and anyone who pays attention can see that you never lose if you do what you're supposed to do. Never, ever lose. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice when you see it in your life. Uh, one other idea is the famous idea. Again, so much of this is common. It says in this week's Parsha, yeah, we could talk all night. There's so much to see. Parsha midvar sheker tirchak to stay 
far away from a false word. It doesn't say don't lie. It says stay even far away from something that's false, which means more than that lying. It means don't even get close to it. And this is something that, that the Torah professes big time. And um, the, one of Hashem's names, he's called truth. Truth is what relationships are built on. Truth is what business is built on. Trust, 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 trust is trust is everything. And the Torah says, stay, don't toe the line. You know, you wouldn't toe the line if there was fire there. Don't toe, don't toe the line with 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 being honest. Now, obviously, you can't be a naive person. You shouldn't make yourself too vulnerable and have people take advantage of you. Not, of course, there's you know, there's there's being savvy and doing things, you know, with, with wisdom. But as a rule. Stay away from doing anything that is, is, is uh, and I've seen, I could tell you so many times in my, you know, I haven't been around that long and I haven't done that many things. I can say situations where I was like, do I really have to say all the truth and nothing but the truth? And do I have to say it? And, and it's amazing how you see how the truth, uh, if you don't, it can come back to haunt you. And if you do, it really uh, is amazing uh, the, how things work out. So just a quick review. We talked about how, um, how it's, 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 it's so uh, in, uh, insightful how when Hashem told, decides which piece of knowledge to teach us first, he first spends an entire Torah portion about how to treat other people. It says something about what Hashem's priorities are. We talked about how when I have information and I have what to share with you. I got to learn how to be patient. I have to realize I'm not going to lose. And uh, after we, and uh, and then you'll you 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 you'll happily enjoy sharing with other people. Learn about how you're responsible for any holes you dig or any you know figure you know figuratively uh, holes that you live that that you make. You're responsible for your property. You're responsible for your animal. Responsible person is fully responsible. Adam. Muad Olam, you are a hundred percent. That's how people they say who have addictions sometimes get better from that when they take full responsibility for themselves. And that's actually how you become happy. It's a good feeling when you take responsibility for yourself. We learned uh, that the Chavetz Chaim taught us that the the the, how we, the mitzvah to lend things, to lend things, to lend money, to lend what you have. Learn the Torah reminds us how important it is to be merciful, especially to those most vulnerable people who are, who don't have the support system that most people have. Converts they don't often don't have the support system that one else has. Widows and, and orphans. Um, we learned about um, if you lend money, not to pressure the not to pressure the person, not charging interest, so we all feel like family. We learned about Lashnahara. Not only do we not talk. Not nicely about people. We don't even listen. We don't even, but uh, we certainly don't don't believe it. We learned about returning other people's property. Certainly not keeping it, and about how important uh, staying away from falsehood is. So you you have that trust, and uh, really this week's pro portion really worthwhile to uh, take a, a quick read. Basic human dignity, responsibility, things that we may take for granted or certainly aren't being talked about. Um, before I sign off, 
I think it's important to mention that today was Yom HaShoah. Today, um, uh, you know, is when we remember, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago where six million Jews were uh, were killed and uh, many, many, much, much pain in addition to that. And uh, we don't know why, but we do know that uh, the greatest thing that we can do is that if we be the best people that we can be and we treat other people properly, so A, we're doing the best we can do. And when you when people act with kindness and love and, and, and respect for other people, that, that, that influences the whole world and things like that uh, become much harder to happen. If the more people, each person just does their part of, of being the best person that uh, they can be. And we, sh- we should only know of good things. So have a great Shabbos. Thanks for signing on. Shabbos, Mrs. Weissman.